let's go. Hello, and welcome to Sustain Open Source Design. Is it Sustain Our Design? No, it's Sustain Open Source Design. Yes, yes. Sustain Open Source Design. SOS. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Sustain Open Source Design Podcast. And just as a quick intro for people to know who's in here. I'm Memo Sparza. I'm based in Mexico and I work as a head of design in opencollective.com. Richard, want to go next? Hello, everyone. I work at Sustain OSS and I'm also a apologetic and forever you know, dismissive designer of things on occasion. Gleb, can you go? My name is Gleb and I'm a designer and developer and basically a digital maker of all things. <laughs> so I'm excited to be on the show. Thank you for the introduction. Thanks a lot, Gleb. And if we can know a little bit more about your background and how did you end up working in um, open source stuff, that would be great. So I started developing plugins and other tools for designers a while ago. When Figma just released their API, I just started playing around with it and releasing my projects to the wild openly, sharing not only the process of how I made them, but also all the design decisions and sharing, for example, my plugin Blend. I shared detailed overview of how I made it and all the struggles behind it, all the ideas, also the maths behind it, and other cool facts and thoughts behind the plugin. So I thought this is really valuable to people, and this is valuable to me to share this openly. So my vision of open design is something where people share their decisions and ideas openly and share the process. So that's how I kind of got started. And now I'm mostly working on other plugins and trying to share what I learned in the process. I feel like this openness also helps people when I share what I learned or when I share something that they didn't know yet. So I try to add more and more openness to the things I build try to share the knowledge and ideas. So you actually started as a developer, as I hear. Can you tell us more about how did you get involved in this amazing designer world? When I just learned programming, I made a super complex and very difficult program to actually, like the code was very difficult and the application itself was pretty complex as well. Like the regular user wouldn't be able to figure out what it does actually <laughs> and how it works. So that was like a bit of a problem, I would say, that uh, people didn't know what to do with it. So I thought, yeah, 
I probably need to learn more about UX design and design in general to make things useful to people, to understand what they need and to help them understand the application, how it works. So everyone understands the idea and the flow of what they're supposed to do. And that's how I started learning design. I started with Figma that was in 2017, I think. <laughs> and yeah, I just started learning design and in parallel, I continued to learn development and make things with code. That's how I started mixing these things together and building something with my design skills and then implementing it in code into a real product. Amazing. That's fair to describe a lot of our us designers' dreams to be able to actually build what we design. I really have a, a good envy of all of those designers that can actually implement what they think about it. So I think that's great. And as me uh, personally, as being a Figma heavy user myself, I found your plugins really useful to my workflow, especially this plugin called Master. So yeah, for me, it was a huge game changer. Wanna talk about uh, a little bit about how your relationship with Figma has been evolving? Relationship with Figma. <laughs> At first I was using it uh, basically as a tool. And then I just started uh, more and more trying to automate uh, things with it. So first they released the API, the web API. And I tried to build things with that. And at the same time, I also try to help people in the community. I'm very active in all the social forums. I have two communities here on the Russian platforms on VK and Telegram. And then I also, right now I moderate the forum, the official support forum. So while I'm doing all these things, trying to automate uh, things with it, I also help the community learn more about Figma. And in the process, I learn about it myself and I learn what people need, what people struggle with. So I can create tools that are useful for them. So I know what people need. And after the web API, they created plugins API. I was invited to the early beta and first started with the plugin blend. Then I tried making another plugin and in the process I realized the need for something like master that can create components from multiple regular objects. And I made master. That's how it uh, <laughs> started. And currently master is the thing that I'm making money with. And currently I'm working on other plugins as well. Uh, on, I try to release some smaller ones and share the process, how I built them. I have a series tiny plugins. They are shared on YouTube on streams, I share them and try to show the process and educate plugin creators who are new. I'm a designer, but I tend to do more UX stuff and I tend to do more teardowns and buildups. And so one of the things I'm actually interested in is that I don't really know what Figma 
is. I haven't actually used it a lot. And it sounds like it's a platform upon which you invest all of your time. Memo's making faces at me in the background. Sorry, Memo. <laughs> Can you describe how Figma works as both a platform for designers, but also how they enable you to build plugins? It sounds like they're really community focused. Yeah, Figma is design tool. It allows you to build, to create interface mockups, to make prototypes. And the API, the how they enable plugin creators like me is an open API, good documentation and a very supportive community. So they have a Slack for plugin developers where people can just... Uh, discuss questions and also Figma developers are pretty active there as well. So they can help if something is uh, wrong with your plugin or with the API itself. So that's how they keep the community uh, growing and helping people automate their work with Figma. So there are a lot of possibilities where automation can happen in a design tool like this because it's basically drawing shapes and rectangles and texts on top of each other and there are a lot of things that can be somewhat automated or made more accessible with plugins also there are plugins that integrate figma with other services and that's pretty helpful to people as well so there are I think more than uh, 500, there are definitely more than 500, but probably close to a thousand already plugins uh, made by the community in almost uh, two years that the API has been. That's awesome. You mentioned that master is the main one that you monetize at the moment. What are you using the tools for that you're building? How do you make sure that you're approaching the need of people who are using Figma to build their own websites if you're just building plugins? I built plugins because I started building plugins because I actually needed them. So while I was designing another plugin, I came up with the idea of master. And that's kind of what keeps me relevant. So I'm continuing to build the other plugins and also continuing to invest time into just trying out different things, designing things. And that's what kind of keeps me relevant on the topic of design. So that's where a lot of stuff is understood by me. Like I try to design things and then I see that, yeah, this may be improved or something like this but at the same time most of the things that i do right now are about community and i try to learn as much as i can from the community so when people are having issues and just try to build things differently they share their findings in the community and their questions and i try to answer them with my plugins <laughs> That's how I stay on the topic of design. Gleb, one question about the future. We have seen, for example, Figma's community growing rapidly and, uh, you know, creating all sorts of stuff all by themselves, like, like by ourselves, you know, and just create stuff and publish it out there. How do you see it 
evolving, you know, that whole behavior in the next couple of years. What are your thoughts on that? I think Figma is an interesting tool and an interesting company because it changed the design industry pretty heavily. It inspired designers to be more open in their process, like with multiplayer, something that has never been done before. Right now, people just can collaborate in the file openly, while in the past, people were like, had their own files and worked in them. So that's how I think the trend will continue. And right now Figma creates the community, which is not the community in the sense of just a general design community, but a platform, a Figma community, where people can share their work openly and everyone can find and duplicate it. So right now it's mostly used for stuff like templates and other useful resources like UI kits. But in the future, I think it will be even more about collaboration and openness of the design process. So I hope in the future they will implement more collaboration features where people can work together in the file openly in these shared files. And yeah, just more things to work together, more openness features as well, like uh, transparent version history, for example, that could be an interesting thing to look at because people just duplicate the file and they see the file, the finished product, but they don't see too much of what came before, how it was built. So it would be interesting if something like that becomes available as well. And in my view, Figma community is great and what Figma is building is great, but the future can be even more open and collaborative. Yeah, great. And by the way, just as, as a parenthesis here, Figma is not an open source company, put it that uh, on the table so there's no misinterpretation, but it, it had actually, you know, helped, as Gleb said, change the mindset of thousands of designers around the globe to work more openly. Just wanted to, to throw it out there because uh, we usually have these you know, conversations around when to use open source tools and how to balance you know, your life with your stack of tools and say that you support open source, but we actually use tools that are not open source by definition. So we know it's a difficult conversation. And probably there's no good solution around that, but just wanted to ask you, Gleb, what do you think about that? Do you think like designers working on open source, how can we balance the stack of tools that designers and developers use, you know, for design projects? I mean, probably is what people are doing right now, you know, like we're using a tool that's not open source to create open source tools. Probably that's the takeout here, but, you know, just wanted to throw it out there because ourselves have been discussing this for a couple of calls now. So I don't think that's obviously it would be nice to have open source tools, but with open platforms like Figma, which is free to use for individuals, and that is kind of pretty open already. You have the API, which allows you to read the whole file, and you can basically use that to export into any other format you want. So 
I think as tools evolve, maybe we'll get more open source projects like this. <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's a pretty complex thing. It's like to build something like this, it's an, a huge amount of work. So I'm not sure when that future will be. In my view, there should be more tools that not necessarily need to be open source, but they just need to enable more of this open design movement. Right now, there is only Figma is probably moving this space forward. But I think there could be more interesting tools that build the open design movement. Right now, open source design is uh, more about sharing the design kits and design systems of certain projects. But I feel like open design should be more of a process sharing thing. So it's something where people can share their design work openly and others can join in, collaborate or just learn from the process of people building things in the open. So I think that's where open design should, in what direction it should be moving. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really, that's really, really interesting. And just cultural note here for Richard and anyone else who doesn't have a strong use on Figma and the Figma community. Let's say, for example, that you are building a project on your own, Richard, and you are a, like a newbie designer, you know, you are a developer you're trying to build a website on your own and you stumble upon this cool tool called Figma. You go in and you, you see that there are lots of people publishing stuff in there. And you quite like an UI kit that you see in there of, you know, let's say a button collection. So you don't have to design them yourself. And this button collection is designed with compliance for accessibility, for example, compliance for web accessibility, for example, which is a really nice treat nowadays. So Gleb, I think what you posted is, is great because right now the only thing you can do with that file is to duplicate the file, like the whole file, and just use that stuff around, you know, openly. And you don't have to, you know, retribute the author anyway, other than probably a tweet or a thank you or, you know, some note or something like that. What you're actually talking about is that the actual innovation in like design, design wise or in open design standpoint is to actually know what the decisions were during the process of designing those buttons, right? So I, you know, got interested in that file, can like trace back the decisions right from the ideation stage and go through the process myself and say like, oh yeah, I'm like, I mean, like using this file is great, but now of all of the resources I've gained by looking at the process, I can maybe even design a set of buttons myself, you know, with this like new knowledge I just took from this file. And that's the interesting part about that, in my opinion, because that unlocks so much power, you know, because I'm of the idea that we all are designers because we all design stuff all the time, even, you know, consciously or unconsciously. And uh, to be able to know how people went through, you know, all of the challenges of putting something off, it's a great way to unlock that kind of creativity power within, you know, other people. And I think that's great. I completely agree you with know, that. Interestingly, in my view, open design. So when we mention design, we 
often think about pictures like the look of a button or the look of the website. But in my view, open design is more actually about texts and documentation than pictures. So people should document their process and share it. And so that's how people can join in and collaborate. So let's say I am making a project about, I don't know, I'm making a website, general website, right? And if I just share like the process of how I built the UI, that is not too helpful. That still you can understand some decisions, but this way you are not really sharing the decisions behind it. So it would be cool if people share their work in a documented way with texts and graphs and user research results and maybe some recordings. It can even be not exactly text, it can be audio as well, like you can speak and tell people about your project and what you're building and what you achieved today, for example, or what feature you implemented and why. You can make uh, videos with demonstrations of your screen. You can make even live streams with the design process where you take people through the process of making the website. Uh, yeah, so and that's my vision. I think uh, Figma is not exactly moving in this direction. So I think there should be more tools uh, that enable something like this. I started working on a project called Pink Turtles. We are working on it together with my girlfriend. We are not actively working on it right now because we are pretty busy with other things. But this is uh, where we want to show our vision of open design and to enable designers and other people involved in the projects. That's where we want them to be involved and that's where we want them to collaborate. That's awesome. I'm really looking forward to see Pink Turtles come out and looking forward to being able to be part of that, hopefully. I really liked what you're talking about as far as design, not just being pictures, but also being text. When I used to do teardowns a lot more frequently as part of my UX site, the majority of my comments were saying there's too much text here, too little text here. This has a spelling error and that looks badly. And like this button should be renamed to something else. Very rarely was I like your corners here could have been beveled at a more better angle. You know, that's like not really a thing that happens. So I really appreciate that view. This drop shadow is way too pale. <laughs> uh, yeah and I, I just love how you know the design world embraces like different levels of uh, skill sets and backgrounds because you know i mean it took me like almost 10 years of my career to grow as a designer to realize that you know design actually lives you know in the people and not in like design software so it took me the eight years i've been working in design to like move more from pushing pixels to spending like a lot of time in Zoom calls and in documents and, you know, just speaking with folks out there in, in Slack, gathering some uh, opinions and then channeling those, that information to the right people as well. So I love, I love how you live with your very specific background and skill set. You arrive to the same place you know, from really tangential 
different side of it. So I just love how that kind of connection happens. And, and yeah, going forward, this talk due to Gleb current work uh, in Figma has been really Figma centered. But Gleb is right. I mean, there should be like uh, a lot more other players out there thinking with the um, same rules or even, but you know, maybe different set of rules of just how to create ways of uh, designing more in the open. I think that would be a really nice design prompt to think about ideas of tools and projects that help designers and non-designers, which is really important for designer teams all over, you know, how to include non-designers into the design process. So also wanted to ask you, Gleb, what's your take on that? How can we bring like these lots of talented people into the design comfort zone and, you know, make them realize that they are creative and that they can you know, produce some designs by themselves. What do you think about that? I actually wanted to add about people that you were talking about bringing people together. And that's a great point. That's another problem that open design kind of has <laughs> to solve. And, and that is not only that someone should share their work openly, but also how do we find other people, other specialists to work with? Really, so that's another part of open design, right? Where you have certain people involved in the project and when they just share their work openly, somebody will probably want to collaborate with them or add something new to the project. And how do we facilitate this process of finding new people who should be involved and building such a team, even if this team is just a temporary so how to bring people together and bringing non-designers into the work is a great point here so i think non-designers have the ability to contribute to such open design projects even when they not necessarily know what design is so when you share your process in such a detailed way, when you share the documentation and your thoughts behind it, somebody will probably want to collaborate with, with them. So let's say we got a music artist. He's not a designer. But if you say like, hey, I'm building this project and this website now i need some soundtrack for the main video that i i'm gonna put on the website and that's where somebody with the music skill set can come in and just say hey i can write you the soundtrack for this project yeah so i think this sort of collaboration in open design is not necessarily even about designers <laughs> So everyone can come in and collaborate uh, together. So a non-designer can also be a user researcher or uh, a general people researcher, right? So they can conduct some interviews with people, with potential users and document their findings, share them in the project as well. Or somebody with the management background can come in and say, Hey, we can set up this process a little bit differently. You can so work, I don't know, in a different way on your project. So I think everyone has the ability to join in with their skill set. It's almost like open design is generally building something 
in the open. So it's something where everyone can join. But also if somebody is interested in design in like visual aspect of it, people can of course learn from the designers and from their decisions and maybe help contribute to the project as well. Yeah, that, that's that's great. So can you tell us where can folks follow you, you know, in social media and catch up with your work and, you know, if, if to start interacting with Figma and the tools you use and the plugins you build, that would be amazing for people out there that hear the podcast to follow you. So the main point, I think, is my website, <laughs> gleb.sexy. And uh, there you can find ways to contact me and find uh, all the projects that I'm involved in. Yeah. And uh, then I'm pretty active on Twitter as well at uh, Zumbik. Z-Y-U-I-B-I-K. <laughs> yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter as well. All right. So now our final stage of the podcast spotlight section. Richard, what's your spotlight for today? Awesome. Thank you. My spotlight, I was reminded of this post that came out by Justin Jackson, who's a kind of marketer, designer dude. And it was came out in like 2012 or something. It's called, this is a web page and it's a web page, which is responsive, which has words, which can load on any browser because it's only text. And I remember seeing this and being like, this is the most brilliant thing ever. It's a web page, but it's just text. This is so awesome. So I highly suggest if you want to have a good laugh and a good think, go to justinjackson.ca slash words. Yeah, that was helpful for my design career, realizing, oh, you don't need all the extra stuff. Nice. Gleb, what's your spotlight for today? My spotlight is VK project on Figma community. So figma.com slash at VK. VK is the largest social media network in Russia, and they share their design systems openly on their profile in Figma community. It's interesting how it helps not only other designers to just learn from their process or who wants to use their design system in their own projects, but it also enables other creators on that platform to make mini apps and other useful things with the native UI. That's an interesting approach where they open their design and then their audience uses it to create products for their own product. My spotlight for today is a community file also in Figma. But now we're using a new Figma product that's called FigJam. I love FigJam because it's kind of like a mirror kind of tool or, you know, this kind of huge canvas thing where you can connect stuff, do some sticky notes, exercises and connect people around in like in design sprints or meetings, ideation session, that kind of stuff. And Right now, all of these tools are really booming due to the pandemic and remote work. So I just love how Figma is seizing all of all the situation to like gather more people around the design team because this tool I, for me is uh, to include more people of the team that are not designers, which I think is great. And you know, this template is from one creator called Vic. I think her handle in the Figma community is at kill Nicole, 
She's based in Berlin. She has uh, a couple of community files now, but this one is a whiteboard exercise. It's really simple, but it really connects you with the stuff that you can do collaboratively in Figma using this new feature. So that's my spotlight for today. So yeah, I think that's pretty much it on our side, Gleb. We thank you again for being here with us and chatting about the stuff you're doing. Richard, just for you to know, I have been following Gleb's work for some months now. We have had a couple of calls in the past, you know, just because we had some encounters in Twitter and, and some places like that. So uh, I really like to invite him over to this little cozy podcast of ours. Yeah, that was Thank great. You. Glad that was awesome. I kind of wanted to quote everything you said because it was all really <laughs> eloquent and clear. And it's just thank you so much and thank you memo thank you so much for inviting me yeah that was that's a cool project and i really loved speaking with you <laughs> awesome right. thank you thank you